for a lot of us, that song doesn't really make sense. Like, what do you, what do you mean how far God will go to say that he loves us? For some of you, you don't even know if you believe in God. You don't even know if you believe that Jesus is God. But you definitely don't know how much God actually loves you. So you might be thinking, like, what, what's this song actually trying to say? So for those of you who are thinking, God doesn't love me. Why would God love me? He doesn't know the mistakes I made. He doesn't know all my past shame, all my past. He doesn't know me. Like, my friends don't even know who I really am. And if God knew who I really am, he wouldn't save me. He wouldn't love me. This song reminds me of the scripture, and you guys have heard it often. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, but God proves his own love for us in this. You might be asking, does God love me? He says, God proves his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So notice what I say. When did God love you? When did Christ die for you? Was it whenever you cleaned yourself up? Was it whenever you became a good person? Was it whenever you fill in the blank? No. Whenever you were at your worst. Whenever you were the worst person that you can think about how you were. Whenever you did that thing you know you shouldn't have done. That's when Jesus loved you enough to die for you. That's why the song, it says it doesn't make sense. We can't comprehend the grace and the love of God. And for us Christians, it, it still doesn't make sense. Like we get all this just by believing in Jesus. Like Jesus died in our place, and now we get what Jesus deserves. It, it doesn't make sense, and it's not supposed to. That's why we receive it by faith. We believe and we trust in Jesus and what he did for us, and it's truly unbelievable. And for those of you who are seeking, those of you who are on the fence, I pray that tonight something clicks. I pray that tonight you understand, maybe you feel, you, you just understand that you know how much God actually loves you, that he would die for you. It's unbelievable. Jesus, I thank you so much for your grace. God, I thank you for your love, that you would die for us even whenever we didn't deserve it. In fact, we deserve the exact opposite of that. But God, you showed us your grace and you showed us your mercy. God, we thank you for that. So tonight, God, I pray that our hearts can be open to receive your word, to receive your gospel. Let our minds be open to understand what you want us to know. But God, I pray that from the inside out, Holy Spirit, come and transform us. Make us new and make us to be like you, God, by your word, by your power, and by your gospel, and by your presence alone, Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. I am excited for tonight, not because we have dodgeball, although that's always fun and exciting, not because we have cereal, although, as my friend Andy said, there will be cereal in heaven. Um, I'm excited for those things, but I'm excited because I have a very special friend who is going to speak to you guys tonight, Andy Harrison. He has been in youth ministry for, uh, he said over 20 years. I can't believe it because he only looks I don't know, 30, so he's been in youth ministry since 10, I don't know. Um, but 20 years, he's been in some form of youth ministry. His heart and passion bleeds youth ministry. He loves youth. He loves pouring into you. And he wouldn't say this, but he's probably the most humble person I know. So let's give it up for Andy Harrison. He has a very special word for you guys. Thank you. Do you guys want to like? I will. I will bet you cereal bowls over anyone guesses. And I'm just. Gonna, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna make any bets. I don't know if you're live streaming this. I, I don't want to make much time about it. I'm 38 years old. I'm almost 39. Um, I'm thankful for 
See, like, what I, here, this, here's the negative side of that, guys. Um, I was a youth pastor at 19 years old, and, and everyone thought that I was 14. And, uh, and that was not okay. <laughs> that was real weird, because they'd be like, hey, where's the youth pastor? And that's me. And they're like, ha! That's dumb. Where's the youth pastor? And it was really embarrassing for like half of my life. And now I'm finally getting into a place where I'm okay with looking younger than my age. But it took me a long time to get to a place where I was anything close to comfortable with that. But uh, I am so pumped. My goodness, this is such a hype youth group. Are you guys excited to be a part of this? I, I believe you. I believe you. This is so fun. I, I went out there when you guys were playing kill ball, which was new to me. Oh my gosh, you guys legit try to kill each other. What is up with that? I saw your spikes. The dudes were spiking on chicks. Like it was like, they don't care what face. They don't care if they're wearing glasses, if they're pretty. It doesn't matter. They're about to bust your face right in it. It's messed up. Cold hearted dudes around here. Man. And some of you guys are like, I can't wait till this is over so I can just throw a ball right in someone else's face. Dodgeball's coming up. Man, I can't wait to see what kind of cereal we have. I haven't eaten dinner, and so I'm about to clean a box of cereal out by myself. I will, I'm with you. Man, it is seriously so good to be here. I love your youth pastor, Matt. Matt's a part of a roundtable that I help lead, and Matt happens to be in my small group, and so I get to encourage Matt monthly, and we get to talk and chat and Talk and chat, that was the same words that I used in the same sentence twice. That was weird. We get to hang out and talk, and so I'm really thankful for Matt. He's an incredible youth pastor, and obviously the youth staff, the worship team. Oh, my gosh, you guys killed it up there. Give it a hand, give it a hand for their worship team. That was nice. That was good worship. That was great. Great job, everybody. Give it up for your youth pastors and youth staff as well. Yeah. You guys get the incredible opportunity to hang out, not just to play games, but to be encouraged, right? And tonight, I get the opportunity and the joy to speak to you guys. Um, I do want to introduce my brother-in-law. He is my homie that travels with me every now and then, and I'm very thankful for him. He's an encouragement to me, and yeah, give him a hand. I'm going to throw up a picture of my family that wasn't able to travel with me. Uh, This is my wife, Jordan. And this is my oldest daughter on the right. That's Audra. And then Jaylee's on the left. I'm going to have a story about her in just a second. And that's Jeremiah. Jeremiah would play kill ball with you, and he would be the first to punch a girl in the face for no reason. Like, he's with you men in here, and I'm working on his salvation. One day, I'm truly believing that my child, Jeremiah, is going to get saved by the grace of Jesus Christ Uh, I need your prayers with me. My two girls are like the sweetest people on the face of the planet. Jeremiah, they've robbed all of the sweetness from him and took it themselves. And so Jeremiah will straight kick you right in the kneecap. And uh, it's a little dangerous. But um, Jaylee, Jaylee, Jaylee is like our sweetheart. Uh, But Jaylee's a deep thinker, guys. Anybody else here a deep thinker? Like you, you ask questions that everyone else is just like, where, where? First of all, have I not only thought of that, but like, what made you think of that? Like, that is a weird way to come to that conclusion. Like, we were over here, and let me give you an explanation. We, we were, for some reason, talking about strong buildings, and my daughter goes down the, the road of, um, wh- how do tornadoes happen? I'm like, 
legitimate question. Like, this is where it's legitimate, guys. This is where it makes sense to me. And she's like, where do, how do tornadoes happen? And I'm no scientist. Um, I'm not smart or anything like that about tornadic activity. Um, but I've watched some movies. And, and I was like, you know, some pressure and the change of the temperatures and the, all these things coming together. And then the wind, it just starts. And, and I did that with her. And she's just like looking at me. She's like, yeah, dad, thanks. This is good. This is good. This is helpful. And she's not laughing at me at all. Like, I'm trying to kind of be funny and just be silly with her, trying to honestly change the subject a little bit. And she's not. She's just in it. And then I I explain that to her, and I'm like, conversation done. That's cool. And she goes, yeah, yeah, you were talking about wind. Dad, where's wind come from, and how does it move? I legit stared at my daughter for an awkwardly long time. And I was like, I'm moving past the point of why you asked that question into I am 38 years old and never in my life have I wondered how wind moves. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, should I know how wind moves? Like, is that something that I learned in science that I just happen to be Doing something stupid like throwing paper at someone or spitting it at them. And I was a weird kid. Sorry. I wasn't the smart kid. I was a mean one. And I was just like sitting there like, has anyone else in here thought of how wind moves? I legit had no idea what to say. And this one's kind of a funny moment where you're like, I have no idea what to say. But that brings me right to the place where there's been many times in my life, funny and not, where I had no idea what to do. And that brings us to the title that you've been seeing up on the screen, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Anybody ever been in a place where you were just like, "Uh, this is bad. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, I don't know. And sometimes it's funny because sometimes you guys just got the opportunity to talk to like three girls and then they find out and it was cool for like two weeks and you were pumped and all your friends were like you talking to and you're like and her and and then they all find out but yet they haven't talked to you yet and you're like oh man like I and your friends are like what are you gonna do you're like I don't (laughs) I don't even know what I'm going to do right now. And you girls can't say nothing. You got your own things that you do. And you get your own places where you're like, I don't know what to do. But sometimes they're more like real. You know what I'm saying? Like real life stuff. Sometimes it's small like grades. But in the moment when you're in your your guys' age like for us, all the sponsors and the people that are a little older and graduated, Like, you don't really care about grades as much now. Like, what you made back then, it doesn't really matter. But, like, right now, if you're carrying, like, a C- and you're on the football team, you're a little stressed out right now. Whoa. (laughs) Did you hear? (laughs) You're like, I'm so stressed, I'm not saying a word because I'm tripping in my mind about an assignment that I promised my mom I would do last night. And I'm here, and I want to play dodgeball. And I was going to go do it after after that, but they said cereal. And I was going to do it after service, but there's cereal. What do you expect from me? So, like, some of you guys are legit freaking out. But then, like, there's moments when it's, like, real life, like, family stuff. 
You know what I'm saying? Like family things. Mom and dad are fighting. And you're suddenly like, what? Where did this happen? And where? how did all of these things come to the place where my mom and dad are talking about not being together? Like, did, what did I do? And there's so many different things that you go through in life that you start thinking to yourself, I have no idea what to do. And so tonight, I want to help you. We're going to go to chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles. So many times, I'm going to be straight up with you. Traveling people will use the same messages sometimes. It's messed up, right? I've done it too. Don't worry, I'm right there with them. But I want to tell you, just in case you're wondering, this is, I've never even preached from this passage of scripture in my life. So not only is this a new message, I've never even preached this message from this passage of scripture. And so this is going to be brand new for all of us. But I sincerely felt that this was a word specifically for you guys tonight. And I also, check this out, I also feel like this is a specific word for your youth staff. And so I think that God, Pastor Matt was just saying to me, this is the first time I've ever sat in a message where someone else preached when I wasn't on vacation. That tells me God wants this to be for every person in here. And so I ask that you guys would all open your hearts. Before we read, I want to pray for you guys and pray for the message as well. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this amazing group of students and adults in here. I ask you that you would just pour your spirit out through this message. And that God, if there's anything that I'm trying to say just because of entertainment or because I feel like it, I ask that you would just stop me right there. I want to speak your words. I'm not trying to, hear, trying to be here to just to make people laugh and move their hearts. That's where it would end right there. I couldn't do anything. But God, you can change hearts. And you can change lives. And someone can walk in here one way and leave totally different because of you, not because of me. And so I ask you, God, that you would just move in the way that only you can and that I would simply move out of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. It's on the screen. But if you're taking notes, I love you. Note takers are history makers. And I love you guys. Um, if you're not taking notes, consider it someday. Uh, it's really helpful. Here we go. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites, weird word, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, I don't want to say that word anymore. That is a weird name. I'm going to say J-boy or J-dude, J, okay? A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. Jay was terrified by this news. He was terrified by this news. And so many of us walked in here. Honestly, you are probably terrified by some kind of news in your life right now. Many of you may have walked in here because of that news. Sometimes you will go with friends to church because you have recently heard terrifying news. You have heard news that just shook your world so much that you're like, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing, but if it's, if it's real, I believe it can help me. And there's people there that seem to care about other people. And so I'm going there because I'm stressed. I have high anxiety. I'm tripping out. I'm scared to death. And so I'm going to this youth group to get hope. Ugh, I got to lose weight, I guess. I'm going there to get help. That's what I'm here to do. And so some of you guys have those terrible news things as well. And it could have anything to do with maybe not your family, but maybe it's your friends. 
I've got two daughters, and Audra is 15 years old, and so she comes and goes with these talk conversations. And she's like, I can hear the drama from your guys' age. Man, high school girls can be rude. Hey, dudes, I wasn't talking to you. Like, you don't have to say yeah. Like, what if you just said yeah and your girl's sitting right next to you? Yeah. Oh, I looked at him first. That was weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> what if? Be careful. Hey, move your arm, bro. You're really distracting me. <laughs> but we all have... There we go. I'm the one that turned it off. It's not anybody up there. We all have our own responses, though. Real talk right here for a second. Like, we start talking the funny stuff, and I told you about some healthy responses, and I will in just a moment through these points. But many of us, when we have those freak-out moments and the terrifying news, how many of us just grab our phone? Put our AirPods in cancellation, noise cancellation mode. You don't have to raise your hands. We're all in this, all of us. Like for real, we feel, we feel that. It's just like I got to do anything I can not to think about this. Some might pop pills. Some might do all kinds of things. I hear the noises and it's not funny to me up here, whoever's doing it. It's like, it's okay, you don't have to do it. There's so many different things that we all do to try to numb the pain, right? And so like what I wanna do is you came in here feeling like that was just a part of your life and that's tough to get out of. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my students I would find out were vaping in situations like this. And it wasn't that they ever wanted to, it started off something small, but then it became like they're into college now and they're coming to me and they're just like, I had no idea. And it wasn't ever their intention to, for it to become an addiction. But what had happened is they, had, they found out some terrifying news themselves. And then it became something that they had to have to cope with the pain and the fear and the anxiety. And it was just something to numb the pain for just a moment. And I want you to know you're not the only people on the planet that has had those feelings. And that's good news for you. Because I can bring you hope from the Old Testament, not just the New Testament. There's hope in the Word of God. And I'm about to tell you a story of this dude that had terrifying news. And he had some responses that I truly believe will help all of us. Because you know this, regardless of how much I preach, regardless of how much I travel for cool things as far as missions or whatever, I still do these things too. I still catch myself trying to numb the pain with something. Whether it's just scrolling through social media, whether it's just watching Netflix, and mine just appear more healthy, but they are, they're not healthy either. And so I'm right there with you, and these points help me. Let's talk about three things you should do when you don't know what to do. Number one, we're going to read a scripture first. <laughs> Second, Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. Big highlight there. This is the king saying, we do not know what to do. He's supposed to have all the answers. So that brings us to point number one. Number one, admit you don't know what to do. For some of us, that's easy. You're just like, no, I don't, I, I don't know. 
and we go on and we numb the pain because we don't know what to do. But others in here, and this is right at you adults, I'm with you on this. I'm one of these people. I try to fix it. I try to figure it out. And I worry myself to death trying to figure it out. And so when it says right here that he says to God, directly to him, we do not know what to do. It is so hard for me to say that to God. Even though he's the one that sees every single fear, anxiety, and worry that I have inside of me, that's, a, that's one of the last things that I'm able to say. Because I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone to know that I'm not okay. Because that's really what it's about for a lot of Christians. I got to appear like I got it figured out. I got this reputation. I got this position. My parents think this about me. I've been coming to youth group. If they really knew, would they still treat me the way that they do right now? Because disappointing people is the last thing on the face of the planet I want to do. And so when I said that point, it started off kind of, eh. But when you, th when you think about it that way, it hits a little harder. Because it's like, yeah, I don't want to either. Second Chronicles, this is all going to be in chapter 20, verses 3 and 4. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, going back to that scripture we just read, but listen to this, and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah begin, to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Listen to this, when you're doing, when you do this, you're admitting that you don't have it together, that you're not okay. Don't mistake surrender for quitting. Did you catch that? As a Christian, there is a difference between surrendering and quitting. Surrendering is literally saying, you know what? I don't have it together, but I believe in a God that does. I believe in a God that cares so much about me that he's chill with knowing that I'm not okay. And a matter of fact, I think he already knows. And I, I think I need to admit that. I think I need to come to a place where I'm saying to not just God, but to somebody, I'm freaking out right now. I'm scared to death. Here's everything that I'm scared of. I want to pray to God and ask for his guidance to ask him, can you help me? That brings us to number two. Remember who you're giving your battle to. This is one of my favorite portions of this whole chapter. This is cool. It's going to sound normal at first, but once I explain it, I hope it helps. Number two, remember who you're giving your battle to. Verses five through nine. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the, at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. That sounds like straight Christianese. Christianese is just something that Christians seem to say things that like normal people don't understand. That's what that sounds like to me. But let me read you the rest of these verses. I think this will hit home a little bit better. Oh, our God, did you not, everybody say, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people, when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. This is the phrase that I want you to remember. Did you not? 
If you need to write that, write that down, write that down. Do whatever you have to do to remember that phrase, did you not? Because every single one of you have a phrase or a moment for God that you can say that to him. Regardless of your age, whether you're sixth or seventh graders in here, college age, high school, I don't know how old you guys are, but you can say, did you not? Because many of you, who's been to camp here before? A bunch. I know for sure you can. Did you not, God, encounter me at camp? God, I remember when I left there with so much hope. Did you not give that to me? Did you not call me into something when many of you guys are called into ministry? Called into some kind of thing that God has placed on your heart. Did you not give me hope? Did you not pull me through that situation when I remember receiving this terrifying news or receiving that terrifying news and I thought I would never make it and now I'm looking, at, looking back on the other side and I'm thinking even at 14, looking back when I was 10 years old when my family was going through all this stuff and I look back and I have no idea how I made it. Only by your grace can I say that I made it. Did you not carry me through that time? Absolutely he did. That's exactly what the king is doing right here. He's like, I'm reminding my God. I'm reminding myself. I'm reminding all the people that I'm standing in front of that God has done this before, so why won't he do it again? And so I'm standing here as a guest speaker in your amazing youth group to tell you don't forget what he's done for you before. Remember who you're talking to. Remember who you're praying to. Remember who you're handing these things to. Don't forget, because he has done something for you. If you have the right perspective. Adults, you hearing me? The same for you. Maybe you're going through some of the most difficult seasons of your life right now, whether it's with your family, your spouse, or someone else. And it may be tough to feel like you can make it to tomorrow. And I'm just begging you to say the same thing that I'm telling to these students. Did you not? And maybe you have to remind yourself of those things. It's worth it. It's worth it for sure. I went through a season where as a youth pastor, you guys remember the pandemic? <laughs> okay, we had a pandemic, and uh, it was wild. Like, it felt, like, weird. <laughs> we were, like, out of school, out of jobs, and it was just crazy. And um, you guys weren't born yet, but it was cool. <laughs> and during that time, I had to become the lead, the interim lead pastor of the church that I was at. And so I was doing associate, lead, and youth and we had an online campus, and we had a campus in person. And I was, I was applying to become the lead pastor of the church that I was at. And during that season, it was just really difficult. And I got really discouraged, and I got really overwhelmed. And I had a legitimate panic attack. And I remember laying on my bathroom floor, face down, hyperventilating, bawling my eyes out because I felt there is absolutely no way out of this, and I am not cut out to do what I'm doing right now. I have no idea what to do. I do not know what to do. And I have an amazing wife that I remember, she walked up right behind me, and she put her hand on my back, and she started speaking to me what God has done for us before. And she was the one that was saying, did God not do this? And won't he do this? He's walked us through this. He's walked us through that. Sometimes you don't have the strength to remember what he's done for you 
And that is exactly why you need this youth group. Because someone can look you in the face and say, you know what, I know life has been crazy since camp. Or I know life has been crazy since that one service I remember you walking up here and praying. But I want to tell you what I remember about that service with you. I want to tell you about that service at camp that we were together. Or that night when we were sitting next to each other on our bunks telling stories about what God did in our life. Did God not do this? Did God not do that? I, I want you to know that a place like this is special for a reason. It's not just because you're here to hang out with friends. Like these people care about you for real. And this right here is a season of your life that you will forever look back on and remember, good or bad. But most of that you have the choice about. But it's such a good gift to have each other in this youth group. Verses 15 through 17. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Check this out. Number three, remember worship is a weapon. That's a different statement. Worship definitely feels like a set list. A good one, like tonight. Worship feels like a moment. Worship feels like an event, a beginning and an end to it. Worship feels like something when a song hits just right, I feel like raising my hands. Worship is one of the places and during the service that it moves my heart so much that I can feel the presence of God. And then when I walk out, it's different again and it's over. I'm here to tell you that worship outside of this place is one of the greatest weapons that you possess. And you're wondering what to do when I don't know what to do, worship. And you're like, I can't sing. That's okay. What does worship consist of? Thankfulness and gratitude. Thanking God for anything. And sometimes it has nothing to do with what he's doing around you or even in you. It is just simply thanking him for who he is. Sometimes you got to understand who you're serving and who you're talking to and forget anything that's going on around you. You just say, God, I just love you for who you are. Worship is a legitimate weapon, and I can't even describe the amount of power that it holds if you will take it serious that worship is so much more than just hanging out in here and singing songs together. The battles before produce faith for battles today. Your battles today will someday provide encouragement for your future. Check this out, Second Chronicles Chapter 20, verse 29, and I'm closing if the band wants to come back up. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself, listen to this verse. This is the culmination of this whole thing. Remember, three different armies were coming against the Israelites. One army. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. They completely wiped them out. But guess who actually wiped them out? Themselves. I'm not going to go into all of that. You can go through that. They fought each other. 
God did that. God confused them. But they literally fought each other. That's why they didn't have to fight. It wasn't some crazy weird thing. They just got confused and fought each other. And the people of Israel were just standing back like, wow. I want you to know there is no telling how God is going to answer your prayer. Stay focused for the final just couple minutes here. Look at me real quick. You have no idea what God is working on behind the scenes of your life right now. You may be freaking out about what's going on in your home, what's going on with your friends, what's going on with you. Maybe you've made decisions that you're like, man, I do come to youth group every Wednesday, but I'm making decisions that I never thought I would. And it has everything to do with exactly what you're talking about because you don't understand my life, Andy. You don't know what I have to go home to after I leave here. I, I leave here scared to death. When I walk through these doors, it's like a sanctuary of all sanctuaries. Like I feel hope. I finally kind of forget everything at my house. But when I walk out of here, you don't know. I'm here to tell you I, I don't know, and I'm so sorry that you have to experience that. But I want you to know you do not know what God is doing behind the scenes and he's trusting you with circumstances that he hasn't trusted anyone else with for a reason. God may want to do something with you that you have no plan in your mind about. And so I'm sincerely sorry that you do have to experience something like that. And I'm sorry if you're going through something with some type of addiction that you never intended becoming an addiction. But I'm here to tell you there is absolute hope in Jesus. But there is not hope in you. And there is not hope in just a friend you got to see what happened here is they said, God, I have no idea what to do. And they said, I know you do. And God, I have no idea what to do, but I remember what you have done. God, I have no idea what to do, but I am going to worship you anyway. Earlier, the first set of this song, of the worship set, was Raise a Hallelujah. And there were so many words in that song that hit right home for this sermon. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. It's not over. That means you're in the middle. That means whatever you're experiencing has not ended, but yet you're still worshiping. And so tonight, whatever they sing, I'm not going to ask them to sing anything specific. You guys do what you want. But I want you guys, if you would, stand. And here's how we're going to work this out. I'm going to pray for you. And you can come up like many services. And I've been a youth pastor long enough to know. And I've been in, I was a youth, I was, I, I remember being a student where I would come up and I was moved by something that God was moving in my heart about. And I would come up here, I would cry, I would pray, and I would leave. And I many times would not do a thing about it. And I think this is why. It's because I wasn't looking past the problem. I was just saying, God, this is terrible. I don't want to experience it anymore. And what I'm telling you tonight is to look past the problem to a God that has allowed you to experience that. And you say, God, I trust you to carry me through the other side because you've done it before. And so this time I know you're going to do it. And so I'm trusting you. And I'm going to walk up to this front of this service. And I'm going to say, God, I thank you for carrying me through what you haven't carried me through yet. And I'm trusting you to carry me through an addiction. I'm trusting you to carry me through my parents' issues, my grades, anything with the football team, anything with the band, anything with anything that you're stressed about, my anxiety, whatever that is looking like for you. I want you to be sincere and honest, straight up with God. It's between you and him. 
I give this to you tonight. I admit I don't know what to do, but I know you can. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. And we're all in this, this place of surrender where we desperately need a Savior. And I want to reach out to you, God, to just simply say, please, show people how close you are. Because maybe there's some people in here that are like, you know what, I think I would reach out to God if I knew he was not only real, but if he was close. Because many of the students in here may be coming here a long time, but they feel like they left you where their sin started. But I love so much about your pursuit of us. It's not just a love. It is a pursuing love. And you chase us down. And so, Jesus, let some people feel that right now. And then let them trust you with everything they have. Let them not just trust you with forgiving their sins, but with being the Lord of their lives. So they can walk this out day by day, one day at a time, trusting you, God, giving you praise. We thank you, Jesus. If you want to come up and take that time between you and God, I would love to see that happen. I'll pray for you guys up here if you'd like.